Welcome everyone to another edition of the Ryan and Russ show. On today's episode, we're recapping the game between the West Virginia Mountaineers and the Moorhead State Eagles. All ahead on the Ryan and Russ show. And we welcome everyone back to your source for West Virginia sports. I'm Rambling Rush. He's Moneyline Mac. We are the Ryan and Rush Show, and we're getting right into it. Ryan, we talked about yesterday one of our biggest concerns and one of your keys to victory mm-hmm. involved energy and enthusiasm, um, especially after the pit game is would these guys take a you know step down? So, two of the big storylines from yesterday, Okonkwu doesn't play. We see him uh, reported by Ethan Bach running stairs at the Coliseum after the game. I guess Huggins said he wasn't ready to play. And then kind of what it takes the team going is for Huggins to get Definitely a controversial technical. I'm sure Huggins necessarily wasn't mad that he got it to get everyone fired up, but it's a little soft call, you know. It's, uh, I guess the I guess the refs are still getting back into it. Their skin's a little soft as well. But as we talk about before, you know, someone being in the locker room. Um, any takeaways from all of that? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say this was predictable, but it was predictable how it, how the game shaped out. Slow start for the first eight minutes, coming off the rivalry, emotional win, and. Listening to the pregame before the game, Hugs touched with Tony that they weren't ready to play mentally. So you could just see it. And, you, and yeah, you, you mentioned the technical foul. That official is a Big 12 ref that is a, a little bit on the sensitive side. We'll just say that. So it was because uh, we had a good view of it. It was right on the baseline. <laughs> it was not worthy of what he said was a technical oh, foul. Oh, it was so soft. Yeah, that was the G version of some of the things uh, <laughs> that he's got teed up for. But anyway... It wasn't the worst thing in the world because it got the team going, I guess, sure. a little bit of a spark at the under-16. But, I mean, they turned it on at the under-8, I would say, mm-hmm. and then rolled in the second half. But it all started with picking up their energy and enthusiasm with their veterans. I agree. So a couple things there is, is like you said, it kind of took to that under-12 timeout to be like, what what's going on? And then between that 8 and 12, that four minutes there, that's when they started to to put the pieces back together. I will say it's just going to happen, right? Sometimes we're just slow out the gate. At least in this situation, I think they were still playing enough defense. One of our strengths mm-hmm. where Moorhead wasn't making their shots either. So what it was after the, the 12 timeout and it was like 12 to nine, we were down three or as opposed like, you know, something you got to watch out in big 12 play or against another really good non-conference team is, yeah, 12 to 9 definitely can come back from that. You can't make that like a 10 point, like 22 to 12. That's yeah. when you start getting in trouble. So even though a concern and a concern of Bob Huggins and I guess a concern of the West Virginia fan base, they still were able to pull it off the best they could and then turn it up when it mattered. Yeah, I mean, you you touched on it. Like defensively wasn't the issue. They kind of were just jogging around mm-hmm. and walking around offensively. And weren't getting into their sets. And and that's why there was multiple occasions where there was five, six seconds on the shot clock and somebody just had to make a play because we were getting into our offensive sets too slow. Yeah. Yeah. That's what it was. It was just that offense was just going too slow and then the defense was doing just enough. But we get to that point where Bob Huggins gets teed up. The team wakes up. The the back of the veterans start stepping up. Start bringing that energy, and then it's it's one play right after another, and then we're like, oh wow, we're up nine at halftime. So, 
uh, talking about your keys yesterday that we brought up on the pregame show. And everyone, um, we do our pregame and postgame shows, especially with West Virginia basketball. We talk all West Virginia sports. So give us a uh, subscription on YouTube, five stars on Apple, Spotify, uh, and take us on those country roads with you. We love the support and appreciate everything. So defense looked great last night, Ryan. Mm -hmm. Uh, Definitely the bread and butter of the team. Um, I know you have a couple stats you want to share uh, with the audience with yeah, how good I, our defense was. It was another game where we hold the opponent to 30% or lower in the second half and another half where we hold somebody below 30 points. So last night, even with our sluggish start, it only 28 points for Moorhead at the break and then 29 in the second half. And a lot of it was at the garbage time sure. late in the game. So it was even less than that. The more and more I watch them defensively is – the veterans just know where to go. They've been in this system with between Emmett and Eric Stevenson playing for Frank where they can make the rotation before the rotation even happens. They know where to be. It takes a year or two to learn Hugs' defensive system and because it's, it's different. We deny stuff compared to other teams that just want to pack it in like the Virginias and make you shoot over the top compared to uh, Hugs. He wants to play an aggressive style of defense where we want to take stuff away and make make basically players make plays that aren't used to making plays, yeah. if that makes sense. No, it, it does make sense. It's something I've noticed that kind of speaks to that and obviously is an advantage that really helps. As we were talking about it is when uh, Patrick Sumnick went in the game last night, uh, mm. one of the bench players coming off late, is I'm like, even our like garbage time players, the ones working their ways up in the system, they're big. This yeah. team is, I think that was the biggest, is this team is just so much bigger, but I don't feel like we lose any speed either. So just having those big bodies in there, it, it really, well, it makes a difference. And speaking of big bodies is the other uh, key to victory you're talking about is is getting points in the paint. And we saw that last night with Jimmy Bell and uh, Woggy. They both combined for 10 points each, and Jimmy Bell made a couple. One was incredible, that back-to-the-basket where he really got out there, and with those long arms, he put it right up. But if you can get three to five of those just, we've had trouble scoring lately, get us points, and he can go out down there and play some bully ball and get one of those baskets, those will really bail us out when we've talked about it, when we've had those games where that three-pointer or that mid-range is just not falling down. Yeah, and uh, Jimmy's going to draw a lot of fouls because just watching him three games in now and then even going back to the exhibition game, he's very physical and he likes to throw his body around at the defender and the defender has to throw his body back at him because it's a 275 big fella. I mean, yeah. it's so so there's a lot of contact there and Hugs going to throw close. Jimmy draws five fouls last night and then makes four out of his six free throws. So it's going to be crucial that he continues to make his free throws because he's going to get fouled. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, like you said, 10 and eight from Jimmy and then Mo adds in 10 as well. So 20 and 10 combined for the two bigs last night. Huge. And then we were talking about it, uh, 42 points in, uh, from West Virginia, just in the paint. Yes. Is creating space, setting picks, doing all that. And speaking of uh, Bell's free throw, we were right under when he was shooting him. Tell you what, it comes out as a knuckleball. I think he <laughs> shoots it with two hands, not one. But hey, for a big man, he has a chance every time. So I'm like, you know what? Just keep doing what you're doing. Like that's good. That's good enough for me. Don't worry about shooting it nice and pretty. Just get it in there. Yeah. No, I'm glad they made as a team. They made the free throws, 13 to 16. They only went four of 17 from from downtown last night. So. 
it definitely was getting the ball inside to the paint and then ultimately finishing around the rim. So three players we want to spotlight, and we talked about this. We'll, we'll be doing this for our recaps, kind of like hockey has their three stars of the game. We're going to be doing our three stars of the game. So definitely lead it off. Trey Mitchell, he's he's going to be the go-to guy. 21 points last night is when it came to crunch time or when it came down to we need a basket. You even saw the players kind of look at him. They give each other that look like, yeah. Trey, we need, we need you to get you one. And it's great to have him. And it's great to have him with how big he is. Is it's, it feels like another piece we were kind of missing last year. Nothing against, I mean, we had, we had some great players last year, but there's something about just do Trey just, he turns it on, man. But then like he'll go score and then run down the court and then go block a shot. He, he's, he's a blast to watch. I love Trey Mitchell. He's a box score stuffer. It's, I mean, he fills it right up 21.6 rebounds, a couple assists, and two steals. They didn't give him credit for a block. I know he had a block, so they missed that, but. No, the bottom line, like with Trey Mitchell, he's super talented. There's a reason he was at Texas. And Hugs is just going to keep finding more and more ways to ISO him against uh, these uh, opposing defenders here going down the stretch. And he he's a matchup nightmare. I mean, you're right. We didn't have a guy like that that could play the four that we could throw to in isolation situations that say, hey, just go get a bucket. We need to stop the bleeding. So Trey Mitchell is that guy. I, I Yes. That in the combination of like what we're talking about, you have a Trey Mitchell where like he can get you something and then you can get the centers going under the basket for a grinded out couple points is you can really spread teams out. And he's active defensively. Well, that's what I'm saying is he doesn't go down and score and be like, oh, I'm good. The next who's like he's out there fighting because that was his reputation that he was not very good defensively from high school UMass Texas but I from what I've seen I he tries to compete defensively and it just helps also having really good defenders around him as well also helps having Bob Huggins as your coach yeah that, yeah no. maybe it's not him as a defender maybe yeah. it's his it's previous coaching um we see that a lot Hugs always says you don't have to be the best individual defender but you got to be a great team defender yeah so, and I, I from be, what we saw especially being yep on the floor is I think Trey Mitchell was there. Another player you brought up that maybe not have padded the the, the stat line, um, but was really impressive. If you want to bring him up, Emmett. Yeah. yeah, no, Emmett. Emmett's kind of the glue guy of this team in terms of his stats weren't sexy last night. Only nine points and four rebounds and a steal. But when he was on the floor, we were plus twenty six in the plus minus category. For those asking what the plus minus is, it's what you're when you're on the floor. What how much you outscored the opponent or you're outscored. So it, we win the game by what, 18? And Emmett leads us in the plus minus category of plus 26. Like I said earlier in the uh, couple segments ago is Emmett just knows the system and he's always in the right position. So yeah. Hugs always talks about the helpline in terms of help defense because of all the pressure we put on the ball. He's always right there. He just – he. He knows where the pass is going before it happens. So he's always there right on the catch and right there for the correct rotation. Two things with Emmett is just seeing him. And I mean, you were inside the locker room. This is yeah. more from a, like a fan take of it. Seeing him this year and then seeing him two years ago before he transferred to Washington in between mm-hmm. that. Just his maturity yeah. and his his wherewithal. It's it's He's older. It's He's older. He realized what another program's about, and he just he was able to bring it together. So one, that's obviously great yeah. to see. And then part two of it is going back to your energy and enthusiasm. Who was the guy 
but you know, after the tech to really be like, we got to go guys. It was Emmett. Yeah. Emmett was the one out there with the energy the whole time. Even when things weren't looking good, he was still clapping his hands. He was still working hard. I mean, we we're sitting right there. We saw it. Emmett was the one that's like, okay, I might be worried about the rest of the team a little bit right now with getting their energy up, but I'm not worried about him. Yeah. And it, it was good to see that. Uh, and then we were talking about earlier with uh, Jimmy Bell is a key to your game and getting into the point was, but especially Jimmy Bell is he made those couple plays where it's like, dude, you have to score on this possession. You find a way to put that ball in the hoop. And he figured it out is he's definitely playing with his body more. He's improving game by game. So to get him and Woggy and rotation and just, just playing along this, it's a great tandem. It, it kind of, I mean, different set of skills, but it just reminds me of like what we what originally the plan was with with Oscar and Culver is just to kind of get that t- and this is just a more team centered tandem, I would say mm-hmm. where it's lacked where the skills may lack the 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 team cohesion makes up for that with these guys. Yeah, and they and they complement Trey's skills. Yes, because well, Trey's a good four man to go with those two at the five because Trey can spread the floor a little bit. So. Yeah, no, good night for Jimmy Bell. Hopefully he takes another step forward on Friday night. Yeah, yeah, he'll be, especially as we were talking about next week and when they play Purdue and when they start, you know, getting into the Big 12, that's when Jimmy needs to be firing on all cylinders, so... Yeah, not to get ahead of Penn, but Purdue does have a seven foot four big man that is pretty (laughs) damn good, so uh, just a sneak peek to Purdue going forward. So finishing off this episode uh, with some what looks promising, what looks a little bit concerning, I will say concerns is something I've noticed, and we saw this definitely last year, is the shot clock. Is that that is getting a little too much dribblings going on sometimes, some possessions. Needs to be cleaned up a little bit. Uh, it When we get to that five seconds, it seems to get... Everyone in uh, the call scene gets a little stressed out, like... Well, yeah, and we don't have a Deuce McBride. Like, we could do that with Deuce and JC, and that's why they're playing at the next level in the pros right now. Is you can give the ball to him with ten seconds, say go get a bucket. Um, but yeah, we don't have that. We don't have that certain guy right now. But which is okay, and I think that's why college basketball scoring is down because mm-hmm. the shot clock got shrank from thirty-five to thirty, so it's even five seconds less than what it was, and. With all the AAU upbringing, it's kind of, hey, ball screen, and then if you don't have it right away, it just turns into an ISO situation, which is sometimes not the highest uh, percentage play, especially if you don't have a pro (laughs) like Deuce McBride or uh, Javon Carter. I agree. So, And then fouls early. Uh, Last night, fouling wasn't as bad as we've seen in a couple games, but I think it's more that the fouls, when they come early, it's like there was three fouls and then Huggins technical and then everything kind of settled from there. But just that stuff can come back and bite. So I love the aggressive. I love coming out, you know, hot, so to speak. But just yeah. there is a difference, as we saw last night, between an early in the game foul and late in the game when the you know it gets closer and they let you play a little more. So I would save just discipline early, I think. I think we agree there. And then promises and what looks and keeps getting better is the depth of this team. I mean, it's it's deep as hell. It's great. Some like you were saying, something doesn't work, something someone else can come up and make it work. So 
And then, of course, the defense, man. Uh, and I'll tell you what, I'll, everything that we're concerned about can be fixed. No doubt. And everything that is promising is, if it wasn't being promised or wasn't, didn't look good, I'd be very concerned right now instead of kind of just looking for concerns. Yeah, no, and it, like you said, the, the depth has been great, and it's not only depth, it's good size and athleticism with depth. So maybe a guy doesn't have it this certain night, or he's, for example, last night somebody doesn't take the game seriously, you can just go right to the next guy, and then next man up, keep plugging along, the machine keeps rolling. So yeah, Hugs' best teams are the ones that are 10, 11 deep, because so, you, you are going to get banged up going through the Big 12 gauntlet, too. So, Absolutely. I mean, we would knock on wood, we all want everybody to be healthy, but that's just not a reality, and no. especially in this longest season. War of attrition is a very real thing in sports. No so. doubt. Anyway, coming up this week, uh, Thursday, tomorrow, we're off. We're back on Friday. with We'll be previewing the Penn game. The Penn Quackers. The Penn the Quakers. Quakers. <laughs> Quackers or Quakers? It's the Quakers, but I like the Quackers. We'll yeah. call them the Quackers. So we got the Pink Quackers coming up. And then on Saturday, we'll be previewing the West Virginia Kansas State last home game for West Virginia here in Morgantown. So need yes. to win that one to, to keep our bowl eligibility going. So we'll see what happens there. And, uh, and then we got some tournaments next week for Thanksgiving. So love you all. Have a good week, and we'll see you on Friday. Go Mountaineers.